Inside a medical center in Reno, Nevada, is a cavernous, newly built room. Anthony Slonim, CEO of the hospital system, likens the room to an air traffic control center. Think about a room, a big room, with 30 big screen monitors in the front of the room and a whole bunch of people facing those monitors. From this command center, nurses can monitor the heartbeats, blood pressure, and other vital signs of patients throughout the hospital. The hope is that this new high-tech system could eventually help nurses to monitor more patients than they currently can, especially as they face a staffing crunch. The nursing shortage is now at crisis proportions. Things were really exacerbated in the context of the pandemic. All kinds of companies across the economy are facing labor shortages. And to try to lure workers, they're offering higher wages, flexibility, and signing bonuses. But many are also trying a different tactic, similar to what Anthony Slonim's trying to do at his Reno hospital, investing in technology that could help them operate with fewer workers. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, October 22nd. Coming up on the show, how the labor shortage is accelerating companies' reliance on automation and what that means for the economy and workers. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. Global X specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. We are in, I think, one of the most unique positions in the history of our country when it comes to the labor market. That's economics reporter Josh Mitchell. Employers are absolutely desperate to hire workers. At the same time, the labor market, the labor force itself has shrunken. It is at the smallest it's been as a share of the population, the labor force participation rate. It's the smallest it's been in 40 years. Josh says there's a number of reasons why so many people are staying out of the labor force now. Some of those include people staying home with their kids, people retiring earlier, and people who have COVID concerns. All of this has meant fewer people are looking for jobs and more employers are looking for workers. They're actually becoming really desperate and doing things that they haven't done in years. For example, like raise wages far above, you know, what they had been doing. So we're talking about 5% wage growth. That's the highest in years. It had been about 2% for a really long time. But higher wages and other incentives to attract new workers, like signing bonuses, haven't been enough. Millions of people are still deciding to stay out of the workforce. That's meant employers have been relying on other strategies to get around the labor shortage. One of those strategies is investing in labor-saving technology. Things like self-checkout machines. 
If you go to a restaurant, maybe now you order from an iPad um, as opposed to talking to a server. There are a lot of companies that are more and more investing in self-checkout lines. We saw this at your local CVS. We saw this, you know, maybe at your local grocery store. Well, now this is being more broadly adopted among retailers. I was just in an airport in Houston recently, and I went to a kiosk, and I was looking for the person to buy a bottle of water off of, and I couldn't find that person. Someone from another kiosk basically said, no, you need to do it yourself in the self-checkout line. If you look at the amount of money that companies across the United States are investing in software and technology to essentially replace workers, that has increased by 16%. The 10-year average was about 4%. But this labor shortage isn't pushing just retailers and restaurants to invest in tech like tablets or self-checkout. Other industries are also investing in technology in ways that are less visible, including one industry that was dealing with a labor shortage even before the pandemic. The healthcare industry, hospitals uh, in particular, were really slammed over the pandemic. And hospitals, because they were so full, They really had to ramp up hiring. For a while, they've had to pay really high prices for temporary workers just to meet the surge in demand because of so many people showing up at the hospital sick with COVID. Now, a lot of those workers who were temporary help workers are now in demand from other industries. We've heard in this pandemic that a lot of women have dropped out of the labor force and healthcare has been overwhelmingly female. Is that the fact that women are dropping out of the labor force hurting healthcare more than other industries? Yes. When it comes to nursing, for example, yes. Any industry that is dominated by women right now is probably going to be hurt more than industries dominated by men. And Josh says that with their backs against the wall, hospitals have had to become more innovative. For that hospital system in Reno, Nevada, That innovation looks like a giant room with a bunch of huge TV screens. We'll be right back. This episode of The Journal is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights, bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference. KPMG, make the difference. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. Growing up, Anthony Slonim knew he wanted to work in healthcare. Since I'm a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. I mean, since the age of eight, there are stories of me taking blood pressures at family cocktail parties on Friday nights. How did that go? It was great. 
My father, for some reason, used to take his blood pressure and hypertension, and I said, what are you doing? He taught me how to do it. Anthony studied to become a nurse, and for three years, he worked in the emergency department of a New Jersey hospital. He says back then, the healthcare industry was also struggling with a nursing shortage. I got into nursing in part because in 1985, we were in the middle of a nursing crisis. It hasn't changed. I can remember earlier in my career where we were actually going to recruit nurses from foreign countries and bring them into the United States. After working as a nurse, Anthony went on to medical school and then became a doctor and eventually a hospital administrator. In 2014, he became CEO of Renown Health, a 1,000-bed system in northern Nevada. During the pandemic, Anthony said the nursing shortage hit crisis proportions. He really felt it as they prepared for an influx of COVID patients. We opened up our parking garage and built what we call an alternate care site out in the parking facility so that we could care for another 1,800 patients. And in order to care for another 1,800 patients, you need nurses. And that's when it hit me, when I realized I had 1,800 more beds than I had nurses to staff. What did you do? Well, we did the best you can. I mean, you do the best you can in the course of a crisis. At that time, we were able to recruit agency nurses into town. We were able to get contract labor, but we were paying a premium, as many healthcare organizations and hospital systems across the country were doing. And now, in the aftermath of those surges, we've really started to focus on, wow, what is it that the nurses do and have to do? And are there ways we could be creative and innovative about offloading the daily work of a bedside nurse and help them as a discipline to think differently about the way they go about providing care to the sick and injured? To offload some of that work, Renown has been experimenting with new technology, Specifically, that command center, the cavernous room with 30 big screen monitors. The center was built as a centralized place where all data about the hospital could come in. The big screens could show things like how many rooms are being used and who was being admitted and discharged. But over time, Anthony and his team realized that it could eventually use the technology so that fewer nurses could monitor more patients. We asked the question, Could we monitor differently people who are in the hospital bed and thereby offload from the bedside nurse the responsibility of doing that work? The idea is to have patients wear an electronic device that's the size of a quarter on their chest. That device tracks their vitals and sends the data to the command center where nurses can see it. There are nurses in the command center that can see so many more patients than the bedside nurse. And when there's a problem, it's like your closest friend picks up the phone and calls you and says, hey, you better go check on the guy in bed six because he looks like he's having a problem. So if that quarter-sized device detects that a patient is having a problem, an alarm would go off in the command center, and a nurse in the center would alert another nurse to go to the patient's room. This way, nurses on the floor could provide care more efficiently. Do you see this at this innovation as a step toward being less reliant on nurses in your hospital system? I think that we will use this as an opportunity to figure out how we help our nurses provide nursing care. 
not non-nursing care. Anthony says even if there weren't a nursing shortage, he'd pursue this technology because it helps optimize nurses' skills. For now, the idea is just being piloted. But at the end of this pilot, we'll have some real definitive information about how we might go around learning the next steps to where we could augment care at the bedside. You need a nurse to hold a hand, look in the eyes of someone, educate and counsel them on what their disease and treatment program is. You need that. But there are other things that can be offloaded that doesn't require the education or experience of the professional nurse. As Renown Health conducts this pilot, the prolonged labor shortage is pushing companies in other industries to adopt new technologies that could help them operate with fewer workers. Here's our colleague Josh again. This shortage has lasted longer than anyone thought, and we're now seeing employers starting to adapt. And I think the fact that they've already started to invest in this stuff means that they've already taken that leap. And so I don't think you're going to see that trend stop anytime soon. I think it you know, required employers to get in crisis mode, but now that they're in crisis mode, I wouldn't expect them to stop that trend that we're seeing. Especially because it's unclear how long this labor shortage will last. The hope is that as schools continue to reopen and as the pandemic fades and as there are fewer outbreak cases of this illness, parents will be able to, you know, go back to work and the labor market will work out these kinks. That's the hope that in coming months, this shortage will ease. But even if it does, Josh doesn't expect the trend of moving toward automation to go away. A lot of economists and researchers who study this would say, well, it actually takes a while for companies to adopt this new technology and build it into their everyday operations and learn how to use it so that they can actually become more productive with it. I think based on the companies that I've talked to, based on the economists that I've talked to, this might actually be that spark, this moment that really forced companies to start to adopt those technologies in a much quicker way. That's what Josh heard from Anthony Slonim when the two spoke. He said, I had given some thought to this stuff, to using such technology to become more efficient before the pandemic, but we weren't really forced to do it in such a quick way. This pandemic and this labor shortage has really forced us to accelerate this process. What will this investment, this acceleration of adaptation of automation mean for workers when they decide they want to go back into the labor force? That's one of the big question marks. Whenever you have companies that adopt new technology throughout history, there's going to be labor market disruption. In other words, if you replace human beings in certain industries, you're going to have some workers that might be out of a job for a while. And that's a scary thing. In fact, it can create a lot of disruption in different geographic regions of the country, in different industries. So I don't want to be dismissive at all of the fact that, you know, this really could hurt some workers in the short run, maybe even over a long period of time. And we really need to pay close attention to that. But the hope is that over the long run, this is a really good thing for the economy and for people who live in this country. That's all for today, Friday, October 22nd. Additional reporting by Lauren Weber and Sarah Cheney-Cambon. The journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. 
Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show is produced by Catherine Brewer, Pia Godkari, Martin Kessler, Brendan Klinkenberg, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Novetsky, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Kayla Stokes, and Annie Rose Strasser. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapak. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Katherine Anderson, Peter Leonard, Emma Munger, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.